can't tell if the chemistry is good by looking at it. It wasn't clear yesterday. For the last time, the saltwater pool is a chlorine pool. This is the Talking Pools podcast with pool pros from every region in the country. If it happens in a pool, you'll hear about it here. Everything from tips and hacks to the latest tricks and trends, breaking news. We lay it on the line. We tell it like it is because we think you deserve to know. G'day folks, Peter here. Welcome back to Monday's Down Under on the Talking Pools podcast. G'day Lee, g'day Shane, how are you both? Hi Peter, hi Shane, good thanks. Hi Peter, hi Lee, good thanks. Welcome to Hell Week. Last week before Christmas, it is bat crap crazy out there. How are you guys finding it? This is my first Christmas off. Sorry, I didn't mean to gloat. Says Lee with a big smile on her face. <laughs> my, first, my first Christmas in 25 years where I'm not out cleaning pools the week before Santa comes. Um, yeah, no, it's um, I'm, I am busy working on uh, learning materials for um, our national industry body and um, working hard at that. But, yes, not having to vacuum pools at 9 o'clock at night, which I have been known to do the week before Christmas, as I'm sure you guys have yes. too. <laughs> is uh, is a great relief. Yeah. So yeah, but I do feel for you guys. I really do. Yeah, we're not jealous no. much, Lee. No, not a bit. And what about you, Shane? Things uh, going mental over there? Yeah, well, uh, th- th- this it, it wasn't looking too bad this week. Um, you know, at the weekend, I, I tend to do my scheduling on the weekend. Um, and I thought, well, you know, this, this week should be nice and smooth. Uh, Monday started off well, just a couple of phone calls. And then, yeah, the shit's hit the fan again, should we say. Um, and this time of year as well, we um, we have a particular tree over in New Zealand called the Pahutakawa. It's known as the Christmas tree. New Zealand Christmas okay. tree and it drops these tiny little red needles um, the flower of the actual tree and there's, there's, if, if you have one of these trees next to your pool there's thousands like literally thousands in the water mm. so um, yeah this time of year is, is not great for cleaning pools um, because they always tend to shed you know, a few weeks before Christmas. Um, but yeah, it is what it is. You just got to get on with it. Um, and there's been a lot of wind as well this this week, mm-hmm. which hasn't helped the situation. It's been a week of Pahutakawas, gardeners, and wind, which is not the best combination. I think you need to stock up on phosphate. Gardeners, you said. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, gardeners, yeah. cutting down what, yeah. Cutting the hedges next to the pools, trimming the trees back, having the lawns ready, getting them ready for Christmas, Christmas Day, everybody's having a party. We have a fortnightly... So, yeah, uh, the, uh, the phosphate, phosphate treatment is on handly, don't you worry. <laughs> we have a uh, regular one of our regular fortnightly customers um, was actually serviced this morning, and just as my guy was finishing up, he was just putting some salt in the pool, 
And then in walk, into the yard, walk two gardeners with hedge trimmers. And he thought, oh, <laughs> shit. I hope he took and, a photo um, of the pool. <laughs> yes, and he rang the, um, uh, the owner, who wasn't there, uh, left a message, he rang back afterwards. And, uh, I mean, this one's not too bad. This, this guy's really easy to get along with. He's a very happy, happy customer. And um, because his next service is due the week between Christmas and New Year, which we've stopped all bookings, we've brought all the regulars for that week forward a week. I did that earlier in the year, scheduled them for them. So everyone's happy having their pool clean before Christmas. We're happy not having to run around cleaning pools for those yeah. few days. And, yeah, uh, he's going to – he said if they put a lot of stuff in, he'll sort it out. But next week we'll um, knock it on the head. But gardeners are just – some of them are great. Some of them are just just awful. I had Not so great. I had one customer. Yeah. I don't know if I've mentioned this before, but he always insisted I was there on a certain day, certain time, and that was a similar time to when the lawn mowing and gardening guy was there. And this lawn mower would finish about the same time I'd finish the pool, and then he'd get his leaf blower out and blow all the lawn clippings, and half of them were in the pool. And he had this real smug grin on his face. You know the type of grin that makes you just want to punch him in the head, and. Um, <laughs> One day I said to the owner, look, I, I need to be here earlier that day and got it all done. Uh, but the water level was too high and I knew this lawnmower guy was going to be there shortly. Too much water in his pool, middle of winter, and um, I dumped 5,000 litres of water on the lawn. And the lawnmower guy came in and I was the one with a smug grin on my face and he just went <laughs> batshit crazy. He was yelling and swearing and screaming. And uh, I said, yeah, two can play that game, have fun mowing, and just walked out. Karma's addiction, um, she bites. Actually, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Every time I'd basically have to clean the pool twice per service because this clown had put so much crap into it. Right. And isn't uh, it crazy? Yeah, 5,000 that- litres of water, that's a little over 1,000 <laughs> gallons. Isn't it crazy that everybody has to have everything done for Christmas? And like it's like it all of a sudden happens, and no one knew it was going to happen. Like there's, they ha- they've had twelve months of warning that it was coming back. Like, it just it just always dumbfounds me. Your pool did not turn green yesterday. It actually turned green about two months ago because the great pool's no longer green. It's actually black, and you leave it till two weeks yep. before Christmas to tell me. Like seriously, it's not my problem. I'm getting a few of them. A few customers at the moment who I was last out there a year ago or six months ago, one of them uh, a couple of days ago sends me a message, hi, Peter, hope you are well. And when that comes up on my phone as a notification, as soon as they say, hope you are well, I'm thinking, oh, they want something and they want it quickly. So she said, oh, hope you're well. It's that time of year for our pool to be cleaned. Uh, You can be here tomorrow or the day after, before 10 a.m. or after 3.30 p.m. And I said, my next available booking is the end of January. Simple as that. But I always end with, uh, so I don't have a bloody big argument with them over 50 million text messages. It's always, if we get a cancellation uh, and I can fit you in, I'll call you. But um, not going to happen. There's also a real pain in the ass customer (laughs) who never does anything to his pull between services. And he wanted me out there. 
says, oh, I need you out there this week. This was on Wednesday that he sent it, uh, Wednesday last week. Oh, I need you out here this week, blah, blah, blah. No, sorry, can't make it. I don't trust him. And, like, it's just crazy that they expect that you're going to remember to allocate a spot to them every 12 months just in case their pool needs doing. It's like when you say, no, I don't have room for you, it's like, well, I get this done every year. Why haven't you booked me in already? It's like it becomes your, they think it becomes your problem. It's like I've got 1,500 clients on my book. It's like seriously, like mm. am I supposed to remember everybody that wants to um, have me occasionally clean their pool? So. Yeah. I'm very blunt in saying, look, priority goes to regular customers. And Absolutely. once a year, I mean, technically regular, but it's yeah. not, it doesn't count. <laughs> it's not regular enough. Stuff. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> a lack of planning on your part does not constitute an emergency on my part. Hallelujah. <laughs> I mean, I'm normally loading the truck up at 5 a.m. out to first job by 5.30 uh, and working till... The sun goes down somewhere around, oh, what is it at the moment, 8 o'clock or something. I try to be home before sunset. But that's a long day, especially when you then sit and do your paperwork afterwards. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's – Yeah. Yeah. Can't you just fit it in on your way home from your last job? <laughs> no. Most, most important you know you can word, always charge a surcharge. Most important word you can learn in any customer service-based business, No. I missed that. I'm sorry. You can always charge a surcharge, like a surcharge for a last-minute thing. So we used to have one where if clients rang up and expected us to drop everything and go to them, now obviously somebody's got to be moved or staff have to work overtime, either or. It's a pain in the neck. And for that to happen, that customer has to expect to pay a premium. So we used to go down the track of, okay, well, our next available spot is in two weeks' time. However, like, and then when they complained about it, I would never offered it up front. But, um, yeah, our next available time is two weeks' time or whatever it might be. And then they start complaining and go, and they go, oh, well, can't you just squeeze me in and it's not a big job? Or And we always know that the five-minute jobs actually take about five hours. But, yeah. Um, yeah, they, like, we would say to them, well, we can look, we possibly could squeeze this in. However, it will mean our staff have to work overtime. So therefore, you'll have to be charged um, a surcharge. And so we actually then used to, um, yeah, up the costs. And it might have been that they were charged double the rate to, to get it done. Um, so... Would there be many clients who want to have with that, Luke? It was amazing. You either got one of two responses and either, yes, that's fine, I'll pay it, or they go, no, I'll yeah. wait. You either got one or two responses. So it either was truly an emergency and they needed it done and they were prepared to pay for it, prepared to pay for the inconveniencing you, or they weren't prepared to pay for it and then they weren't prepared to wait. And it's just like, well, you make the choice, but I'm not bending over backwards putting myself and my staff out, making them work overtime and make or make somebody else's service get missed mm. or pushed to another day when they had actually planned just because mm. um, a lack of planning on their behalf does not con- constitute an emergency online. <laughs> so they pay for that emergency. But 
also sometimes they can just go and get stuffed. Um, okay, I had a call this morning. Somebody said, I need you out here right now. I said, I can't. I've got a customer booked. Well, can't you postpone them? Now, this is a guy who spends with me probably about a couple of hundred dollars a year. The customer he wanted me to change from uh, in the last year, I think he spent something like 8000 plus change. Yeah. Why would I jeopardize a great regular customer who, you know, spends eight grand with me for someone who spends a couple of hundred or something? It's, it's just not good sense. It's just not good customer service. And when you get a first-time inquiry, and I've had them where you said, sorry, I can't make it out there, I'm fully booked, and I've had them say, oh, that's bad customer service. And my response is, well, you're not on my customer yeah. list. You're not my customer. I'm not going to promise something I can't deliver. So, no. Um, no, but it's, it, it's not. From what I can tell, pretty service. much everyone in the industry here is in the same in the same boat. Oh, it's much worse customer service to sell someone yes and then not show up or go go there in a rush, do a half ass job. Yeah. That's something I'm not uh, going to do. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. No, just that crazy time of the year. Yep, bar humbug. <laughs> We are the Christmas Grinch. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Anyway, Lee, you had a topic that is, you mentioned it twice, but completely slipped my mind in that little rant I just had then. <laughs> well, the topic I thought we should discuss today is the topic of free water testing. Now, I know mm. you guys are both service. And so service is a little different. But in retail around Australia, and I'm not sure, but I'm sure it's the same in the US, pool shops and in New Zealand, pool shops offer free install water testing. And I really firmly believe that we are undervaluing ourselves and our expertise. If we, we're constantly, we're constantly talking about upping the ante people taking our profession seriously. We're not um, just someone that walks around with a, a, a long pole and a, and a leaf scoop. Um, we are professional, uh, professional trade and we want to be hmm. seen in that regard and valued by our clients. But are we undervaluing ourselves by offering that test for free? Now, I don't have a great problem with doing it because obviously we do the test, we make the sale. It goes hand in hand. However, my problem is with the word free. People don't value mm. what they get for free. They take it for granted. No. They take advantage of it, but they don't value it. So it should be complementary and it should be complementary on the provision that you make a purchase or that you regularly purchase mm. from that shop. And that's certainly something we had in place in our business. But I'm seeing more and more pool shops that are charging for the test up front because most of us these days are dealing with the waterlink spins and those discs yeah. aren't cheap. And I've heard of a lot of businesses, and I'm sure you guys are the same, that are spending thousands upon thousands of dollars every year on discs. 
Yep. With the convenience of the disc comes accuracy and also speed. So I'm not debating yep. either of those two things. I've been there, done the tests when we very first brought spins out, when they very first bought the spin out. I actually, we'd always had a photometer in our business. We'd had a Palantest 25. Um, all our vehicles had Palantest photometers. Even 25 years ago when we first started, we had a Palantest. Um, so the um, value or the importance of having or conducting a professional water test uh, with a photometer was always something I took very um, or ranked very highly as providing a professional business, we have to do a professional test. Mm. I was never one of those businesses that used a four-in-one test kit or test strips on a regular basis out in the field um, and certainly not in the shop. We always used a photometer. And so when the spin link first came out, I did do that comparison. I did, okay, how long does it actually take me to do a spin? How long does it take me to do a palantest test? And I was doing total chlorine, free chlorine, total chlorine, pH, alkalinity, calcium, um, and um, I could do copper and phosphate, but um, I didn't do it. Like I did it in my calculations of my costs per tablet because I wanted to see the true cost, but it was actually quite comparable. Yes, the disc was a little bit dearer, but what it bought me in time was invaluable. And, yep. yeah, I just have a real problem with pool shops undervaluing themselves and I know most of them out there are probably screaming at their iPhone or whatever device they're listening to this iPod uh, this podcast on and saying but if I don't do it for free the shop down the road will but if you are truly professional in the service that you're providing and you provide high quality expert service and advice they will keep coming back because they will value you. Yeah. And I just don't think, I think we're undervaluing ourselves. Where else in society can you go and get that level of service and expert advice for free? Yeah, couldn't agree more. Like, And the cost of discs, I mean, I buy them a box of 100 or multiple boxes of 100 at a time. And one day I will actually look up how many, uh, how many discs we we go through, and how much I'm spending on them because it'll probably scare the crap out of it me. It will. But yeah, the time, the discs, the overheads of running the shop, mm. you know, keeping the lights on, paying the rent, all that sort of thing. Uh, anything that we do that we don't charge the customer for is doing ourselves a disservice. Yeah, completely. And like I say, and I've seen people in pool shops. Get a, a water, take a sample in, get it tested. Oh, can you write down what I need to buy or what I need? And they'll write it down. Okay, I'll pick these up. And they go up the road to Bunnings and bloody buy it there. I've seen it happen. Yeah. And I thought, and get stuck. There, there is I'm ways around these things. Today. <laughs> well, it's that time it of the year. We're stuffing turkeys. It's hell stuffing, week. We're, we're, we're stuffing turkeys. We're stuffing all sorts of things at this time of the year. Um, and God knows we're stuffing our trucks with loads of stock to get through the day's work. Um, mm -hmm. But, yeah, it's – look, there is ways and means around it, and this is something over the years that I've put lots of thought into. So um, – and, and, and what you're saying there is a classic example of – what can happen 
So I went, okay, how do I preempt that? It's about being proactive, not reactive. So if I want Mm. that client not to have the opportunity to walk out the door to go home to check their stock, I want them to know before they come in. So we actually used to have a little sheet that we used to put around each water test bottle after it was tested. It was a little sheet. Um, I probably have got some here somewhere in my office. Um, and if somebody out there is interested in this and actually wants to um, me to share it with them, I'm more than happy to do so. Just send us an email at talkingpools at gmail.com and let Rudy know and I'll um, send it out to you. But um, it's a little sheet that has um, what stock they have at home, how many hours their chlorinator's running for or their pump's running for, what output is on their chlorinator, those sort of things that are really important to for us to actually give the customer full information on um, when giving them advice with their pool. And also it allowed the customer to fill out what stock they had at home. And it was just a matter of educating our customers. And once they got used to it, they loved these little sheets. It made their life so much easier. They picked up their water sample bottle and went, oh, yeah, I've got to fill that out. They'd fill the sheet out, they'd get their water sample and they'd come into the shop with their bottle and their little filled out sheet. And I knew exactly what they had at home. So they couldn't walk out the door and go elsewhere. And if somebody said, oh, look, I need to... um, check what I need to get at home, we'd say, okay, well, we'll hold on to your test results until you come back and um, go home and check what you need. And I I might write buffer, acid, um, salt, whatever on it, uh, on a little piece of paper for them, but I wouldn't give them the quantities. And and it was sort of tricks. It's little, uh, you've got to. Yeah, like I say, it's about being proactive, not reactive. Um, and then there was even times where I would actually confront the client and say, well, actually, this is the um, third time we've tested your water in the last four months and you haven't bought anything from us in that time. And I know I can see you've needed quite a bit. So, yeah, what's what's going on? And... Um, yeah, sometimes it was oh, I've just had surplus stock at home. And, look, sometimes that's legitimate. You know that happens. Um, and that's what I always sold the little sheets on with the clients was I'd say this show gets me to help you. I can help you better if I have this information. Then that way I'm not sending you home with things that you don't need or I'm, you're not going home without the things that you do need and then having to come back. Um, so, yeah, they actually really liked them and found them really helpful. Um, and look, let's face it, the customers that go elsewhere aren't your customers. And so the best thing you can actually no. do is show them the door to go and, and, and get their water tested somewhere else. If they want to buy their, um, if they want to buy their chemicals at the local hardware shop, then let the local hardware shop test their water. Uh, they're coming to you because of the service and the advice that you give them. They value that. They value it enough to come to you to get that test. They need to value it enough to pay for it in one way, shape or form. So, yeah, yeah. there's um, one one customer I've got just took him on recently. He had a green pool and he said, I've been up to this particular local pool shop, you know, all these times and it's still green. It won't be a problem. Uh, It shouldn't be a problem, but they they always say, no, this will do it. And he'd spent hundreds of dollars on this pool. Uh, I threw in 15 litres of liquid chlorine. uh, Sorry, a little bit of acid first because his pH was up, up a touch. Uh, I'm talking 
250 mil or something tiny. Mm. Um, phosphate remover and clarify. Next day, the water was spotless. And he said, oh, oh, how couldn't they do it? Why, why didn't they? I said, first of all, they probably weren't testing for phosphates because a lot of the pool shops don't. I said, secondly, mm. they can't see the pool. I get a lot of information from the appearance of the pool. Mm. And I walked out. My first thought was that looks like it's got phosphates. Can't explain it, but do you know what I mean? It just, yeah, that looks like a phosphate-driven algae. And, um, yeah, it was all all fine. Um originally went out there, they called me out to fix a leak, just put some O-ring grease around the um, uh, O-ring in the um, uh, the cell housing. And also they said their pump had run for a few seconds and then stop and then start again after a minute or two and then stop. He'd replaced his weir door, but he'd actually had it on the outside of the skimmer box. So when the suction would pull it up, it'd close it rather than flopping inwards to open when the pump starts. So that was all very easy. They they think I'm wonderful because I fixed the problems <laughs> in you know five minutes. But um, he was complaining to me. He said, "Oh, that pool shop, they're now charging for testing." I said, "So they should." And uh, he he didn't like that. And um, I pulled out one of my discs. I said, "You see this disc?" And he says, "Yeah." I said, "We use one of these on every test." He said, "Yeah." I said, "This is twelve dollars. That's rough retail recommended retail here. So that's a twelve dollar mm-hmm. disc." If they get 100 customers in the door in a day and they're having to give a $12 disc to each of them, that's $1,200 a day. How many bottles of muddy hydrochloric acid do you need to sell to cover that? And that's what needs to – Yeah. I mean, you don't tell them the cost price of a no, disc. No, But that's what people need to realise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I've had customers as well where I've been out there and like mobile service at their pool in their backyard and uh, they've done the test. Oh, tell me what I need. Some have said I'll go up the hardware shop and buy it because it's cheaper. I said, well, I can't tell you what you need from there. I don't know the quality they have. I don't know how fresh it is. I don't know the strength, uh, consistent value. But the other thing, and this is something important, I got a photo a couple of nights ago from a friend of mine who's a technician here. Shout out to Dan. And it's a package. It says the brand name, then calcium increaser for pools and spas, active constituent calcium chloride, 1,000 grams per kilogram. All makes sense. Then at the bottom, it says raises total alkalinity, controls fluctuating pH in pools and spas. (laughs) So they have a calcium calcium chloride package labelled as Buffer should having the results that buffer should. Someone so hasn't checked their packaging properly, have they? Jeez, that's no. easy. He sent a, sent me a photo of it, and I just cracked up. I was I was actually in the middle of my son's uh, end of year school concert at the time, and it came through, and I just started laughing, and everyone around just looks at me, how rude! But <laughs> that, that generally um, amused me. No, uh, that's from a hardware store. Mm. I actually, uh, I had an interesting one with a hardware store. I was price searching, as we do occasionally, <laughs> um, finding out what the local hardware shop was charging for their liquid chlorine, I think it was, that I rang up for. And so um, I said to them, like, do you, can you give me a price on 15-litre liquid chlorine? And he came back to the phone eventually after a very long wait and came back and said, 15-litre um, acid is 
$20, whatever it was. And I said, uh, no, I asked for liquid chlorine. And he goes, yeah, yeah, same thing. (laughs) I'm not like, oh, my God, seriously? (laughs) But, um, yeah, and I, I look, I hate being in a hardware shop and getting that, hearing that call come over the monitor of can we get some help in aisle five at the pool chemicals, please? And I feel like. I have to bite my tongue and go, no, do not help, do not help, do not help. <laughs> but, um, yeah. I mean, that's such a scary thing when, um, you know, they, they're given that responsibility, <clears throat> excuse me, they're given that responsibility to take care of people with swimming pools. Um, to mix up chlorine and other, to mix up any chemical is bad, but to mix up chlorine and acid, that's, um, that's huge. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, really I, nice. could, I couldn't believe it. <laughs> yeah. mm. I was and in a hardware store. I actually store. went to uh, one of my clients. There was a client that I went to. Sorry, it wasn't a, it wasn't a regular, just a one-off. And um, I did a media change for this uh, particular guy. And um, he was saying that usually he gets chemicals from Bunnings, which is one of the big hardware stores over here as well. Um but he was, we were, we were having a discussion on testing and um, I used the spin disc myself and as I pulled it out, testing his water and he was saying, oh, it's the same same as what they use at Bunnings. I was like, really? Hmm. And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. They've, they've got exactly the same one at Bunnings. I've, I've, I thought, wow. They've like, got a spin. These guys. Actually, yeah, yeah. That's, that's what he says. It says exactly the same units. Um, because I was always under the impression that they would use um, strips mm. or some some form of indicator um, that would read a strip. Um, but obviously, every Bunnings, every Mighty Ten, they're they're franchised, so maybe it's just down to the owner of that franchise and how they want to test the water. But I was actually quite impressed. That they were using. I'm it. surprised. So it's. Um, were they using it correctly? Yeah, me though? too. I mean, it's. It's. I'm, I'm making. Well, we we hope so. Mm. <laughs> we do hope so. Um, but I've ever since hearing that of you know it's my mission now. Every Bunnings and Mighty Ten that I go into, I want to go to the um, the chemi- the pool and spa mm. chemical area and just see. Um, if there is any differences between the testing, well, I know Mitre ten, or whether they've all upgraded to yeah. Well, I know Mitre ten um, here do do the spins, um, and I know Bunning. The last right. Bunnings that I was in didn't. They do the strips, so I think it probably does vary considerably. But the thing is, having the spin does not still does or it takes a lot of the user error out, but it does not mm. – you've got to be able to interpret the results. You've got to be able to understand it. And mm. we had a classic situation where one of our customers, um, their pool had gone green and uh, could only get to a, a shop on a Sunday. Unfortunately, we don't open on a Sunday. So they went into Mitre 10. They had their water tested and they treated their water according to what Mitre 10 had told them to. to and it had done diddly squat. Now, the reason why is because they didn't know that the pool was green. Like, my 10 didn't 
give her mm. that sauce. Yeah. Um, what the, um, the, the, they didn't ask and they weren't told that the pool was green. So 500 grams of chlorine in a 40,000 litre pool that's green is not going to do anything. And not only that, he'd put a copper-based algaecide in, albeit probably a cheap one um, that he'd bought from Louise or something on on the run while his pool was green, but he'd put a copper-based algaecide in it, which was great because obviously that's like it's a good thing to do obviously in a green pool. But they then asked him to remove the copper from the water. So they actually gave him a metal sequestering agent to put in the pool um, to to remove the copper that was there to treat the green. So they weren't they weren't doing anything. So in the end, yes, of course, we we came to the rescue and we gave him the right advice. So it doesn't matter how good the test is. If the person is doing it, does not understand the fundamentals of water chemistry and interpreting those results and and has some knowledge and understanding of how to correct it, how to fix situations, doesn't matter how good the disc is or how accurate the test is, it's still not going to work. Um, yeah, like obviously if it's only just out of balance or that sort of thing, it's, it, it, it's yeah, it's followed the bouncing ball down the sheet. But, yeah, but mm. otherwise, no. You've got to know what you you've got to know what you're talking about, and um, yeah, they they don't tend to, let's say. Yeah, and there's just so much. At and stake. another thing as well, fill in the discs correctly. Oh, sorry, Peter. there's so much at stake. I mean, yes. chemical injury to people, irritation to skin and eyes, and whatever. Um, all the microbiology happening in a pool. You know, you, you mm-hmm. don't want to get it wrong and end up with someone being infected by some brain-eating bacteria. Oh, completely. So it, it's, it's a lot more serious than, than a lot of people outside the industry realise. It's a lot more serious than some people inside the industry realise. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I've said before, my benchmark is uh, for whether a pool is suitable for swimming, would I jump into it with my own children? If not... I'm not going to tell a customer. And I always tell them, at least on a text message, do not swim until I've been back and cleared it, uh, you know, and told you it's okay to swim. Mm. Because otherwise you do get customers where you say, do not swim for at least eight hours, do not swim till I'm back tomorrow, whatever the case may be, depending on the job. And sure enough, you rock up the next day and there they are with the kids splashing in the pool and you think... Do you want to get sick? Really? Do you want to? I haven't finished yet. Yeah, make sure you get it in writing. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, text message and a screenshot of it. Every now, time. And look, this is what comes back to where if we want to be taken as a professional industry and mm-hmm. we need to value ourselves and we need to value the service and the advice and the testing that we're doing. And by giving it away for free, we are not valuing it. So. I just opened another yeah. can of worms, so let's see what the let's Excellent. see what the, the, the bite back is. But you're completely correct, Shane. The filling of the the discs is something that seems so simple, but mm. can easily be stuffed up yes. and can really yeah. change the test results. And the other thing is obviously that if you've got a pool that's got a really high chlorine level, the alkalinity test does not work in the disc. And so it will read much lower or even to zero 
if that chlorine is high enough. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, um, knowing how to interpret the tests as they're coming through and reading between the lines and asking the questions to those those clients about how does your pool look, how long is it running for, all those things are invaluable and it's all part of the service that we offer um, in our stores or in the field and we need to value it and we need our customers to value it. So stop giving it away. Mm. There's my pet quite strongly about that, don't you, Lee? <laughs> I do. <laughs> it's yeah. It it's it's just unprofessional. We're there to make yep. money. We're not there to Your give away. Your preferred um, testing equipment? Well, I was always Palantest, um, Palantest photometers. So we had twenty fives and nines, and and um, and we actually mm. sold them to our clients, our commercial clients as well. Um, and then we did move to the um, spins for time and efficiency. And um, But what I love about the, the palantest or the photometers where you actually can see the reagents in the test tubes is you get a real visual for that colour. And, Peter, you're probably the mm. same having been in the industry for so many years. You know that by looking at that tube with that reagent in it, what test result you're going to get before you even put it in the machine to read it. You just know. You get, you get the trained eye. <laughs> when you stick a, a DPD tablet and the water sample and this red trail starts falling to the bottom and you think, hmm, boring might be up there. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's it's getting to know those telltale signs. And, and so actually interpreting the, the colours is is a bit of a skill that you build up over time. And so when you put it in the machine and if for some reason you get a weird result, you go, hey, hang on, that's not the result I was expecting. Mm. And then you go looking, is there a scratch on the tube? Is the tube dirty? Like have I, uh, I'll re-blank, mm. I'll do it again. Things like that because you you know what you're expecting to get. With the discs, it's a little harder. They You are flying blind, so to speak, um, and Yes, you can look at the discs and you can see the reagents around the, the edges, mm. but um, as to what's what and what colour, it's such a small, minute amount of water, it's hard to interpret that. So, um, yeah, I do, I really like the Palantir photometers because of having complete control over it, but that's because I'm somebody with years of experience and I'm happy to have that control. The discs do give the benefit of inexperienced staff that don't have that ability to, to read it, to be able to do a test, as long as they know the little idiosyncrasies to look for and the, and, and filling the discs and doing all those things properly. Um, but yeah, um, I just don't think you can go past the, the good old fashioned way. Our vehicles all had both. They all had a spin and a photometer. And a lot of people would think that's a huge outlay. For equipment um, because when you look at the cost of those two machines, you're probably up around the $3,000 at trade, at wholesale for those two mm. machines. Um, but mm. it was something that I wanted to know that if my staff were out in the field and one machine wasn't working, like the spin stopped working, that they could still test the water with the photometer. Um, or if the chlorine was too high to read on the spin, that they could double-check it with the photometer. If they needed to do a dilution test because the chlorine was too high on the spin, that they could do it on the photometer. So 
things like that. And also, um, well, classic example is when the chlorine is high and your alkalinity colour drops out of the test. You, I, I will often grab um, an Insta test strip, just a little test strip, just to check. Does that correlate with the, cu- the reading that I've got on the spin? If so, then I know the spin test is accurate. If I've got a really nice colour on the, on the strip but I've got a really low reading on the spin, then I know that my chlorine's playing havoc with it. So it's those little tips and tricks that you learn along the way. But, yeah, I do have a preference for the photometers. Mm. <laughs> Don't say strips on the show. No. Whatever you I get grumpy. Hey, they're a quick cheats way. I would never service a pool with them, believe me. I would never no. service no. a pool with them. No. And, look, I love the Lamont. I love the Lamotte Waterlink Spin. It it is a machine that we thoroughly endorse and and use on a regular basis, but I think there is room for both still in our industry. Um, And, yeah, but I I do have to say that I sort of have to stop myself from saying anything when I see a pool shop or a service business that's using a four-in-one test kit. Um, because mm. I do believe if you're offering a professional level of service, that is not a professional test. That's something nope, somebody else can do that. in their own backyard. Yeah. If you're talking about one of the high-end professional level manual reagent, you know, test of reagent and tube tests, then, yeah, I mean, years ago I used one of those for a, for a short while. Uh, I was using Palantest, then got sick of having to wait 10 minutes for a phosphate phosphate test to react. Um, so before I got my first spin test years ago, uh, spin test years ago, uh, yeah, I did use one of these. But again, the time was just ridiculous. Um, yeah, I like the spin because, yeah, uh, okay, I use the 204 series discs, 10 results within one minute, Bluetooth to the phone. Perfect. 204s, Peter, but which um, which ones does that uh, That's uh, chlorine, uh, free, total, and so, combined. Uh, pH, yeah. alkalinity, calcium, phosphate, copper, copper. salt. Yeah. Uh, I think I just skipped one. Yeah, phosphate. And I yeah. think the, yeah. the mineral discs... Yeah, so it does do cyanuric, yeah. Oh, it's stabilizer, yes, of course. (laughs) The mineral discs are the 801s, and I think they take out, there's something they take out, I think it's the copper is not Mm. in the 801 discs um, because I think they needed that because of the mag hardness. So, um, and we also have. What I'd love to see from them. Yeah. Go on, sorry. I was going to say they also it. have the 601s and the 501s. So I don't know if either of you have seen there where you actually have three di- three tests on the one disc. So they're perfect for your commercial pools or where you're doing a weekly service for mm. somebody. Um, we had a number of uh, pools that we used to do on a weekly basis. And so they do um, free chlorine, pH and alkalinity or I think that's the 501 and then the 601 is free chlorine, total chlorine, and pH. So it depends on whether you need the total chlorine or not. 
but you can use the two, use the three, de- the th- three tests. And it's great because the commercial aquatic places that have a number of bodies of water can actually do. So we had a commercial place mm. that actually had an indoor and outdoor and a spa. And so they would use the one disc to do, they'd do three tests for the three bodies of water in, in one disc. Um, so saving, great saving wise. And then with, our weekly services we would do we would alternate between a 601 and a 204 each week so one week they would get a full water test with calcium alkalinity copper phosphates the whole lot uh, stabilizer and then the next week they would get a 601 which was the free chlorine the ph and the alkalinity so yeah and we just alternate it yeah, I would need to check my spin tests in the truck, one in the truck, one in the workshop. But with the three-in-one, uh, the, the triple-use discs, I mm-hmm. think I read on there that the three tests have to be done within the same day. Yes, they do. Yep. Mm-hmm. Which for us and for the commercial oh, sorry, pools. For weekly issue. services, you use them on three pools. Gotcha. Yep. Sorry, I misunderstood. Yeah. 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 No, yeah, so three separate addresses. We would use one one disc as we went around, but, yeah. yeah. So For weeklies, um, absolutely. Fortnightly, mm, nah, wouldn't want to, nah. but most of mine are monthly. So um, monthly, no, full set of tests on the two or four. What I would love to see them bring out, though, is a disc basically for troubleshooting. So a disc that doesn't worry about your chlorine or your pH or alkalinity or calcium or any of the standard stuff. I'd love to see one that does a range of metals, uh, nitrates, nitrites, stuff like that, so that when you've got a pool and it just doesn't make sense, and I do a lot of troubleshooting, more than regular services, uh, when you've got one that doesn't make a lot of sense, it would be great to be able to put one disc in and have, boom, you know, 10 readings, all of stuff that you may not normally test for. I rarely test for iron, for example because it's not commonly a problem. Uh, and I don't want to no. go out and spend, what, hundreds of dollars on a, a packet of uh, reagent tablets for my Palin test for a test I do every so often. Yeah, completely. Uh, same mm. as biguanide. I don't service biguanide pools because to test it accurately, I'd pull out the Palin test, but that means I'd have to have a box of tablets, 100 tablets I think they come in, uh, for a test I might do once every – last time I did a test for that was about seven, eight years ago. So, of course, there those tablets would be well out of date by now. Do it, you have just any, many here. pools on that? Do you have many pools on Biogranite? Nope. Um, there are very few. I haven't been asked for it for, for years. Pool Controls, uh, who we know from – the Chemigem and uh, quite a, ra- a few ranges of uh, salt systems. A few years ago, they brought out an automated biguanide dosing system. And that was very, very good. The problem was that so few mobile techs mm. and pool shops had the facilities to test it, people weren't getting good results. Mm. So that was more the service industry was affecting the product rather than the product being bad because the product was good. Yeah. It's um, not a very common product. It's um, no. it's something that's, well, I know under public health it's not recognised as a, an acceptable sanitizer. Um, mm. 
so. We see it more in spas. I think I've only ever seen two in my time. Spa bolts. Yeah. Just spa bolts, yeah. Yeah, I've seen it in... Sorry, I had a customer who, um, when he bought a pull off me, he was explaining that he has extreme reactions to chlorine and to the point where his water in his house had to all be filtered because if he went into a, you know, if he went on holiday and went into the hotel and had a shower, his skin would start breaking out uh, from, he said it was chlorine in the water, whether that's true or not, I don't know. But set him up with a bioguanide system, and oh, he thought it was the best thing ever. He said, "Oh, I can swim in it; it doesn't irritate, and it's it's wonderful." And he he kept saying, "Oh, and you know, I got had some scratches, and and they healed almost immediately." I thought, "Hmm, I wonder if it's not just the water you're swimming in that's got something special in it." But um, <laughs> no, <laughs> he um, yeah. But I'll never forget once he brought in a sample to be tested because he said i just can't make sense of this opened the jar and the smell of pickles just oh no leapt out at me he'd used a pickle jar that still smelt of the the pickling brine so uh, i said look this test probably isn't going to be too accurate sorry son but not going to happen I was going to say the acidity of the pickles would have, oh, yeah, amazing. would have affected the water sample. It's actually funny how many yeah. people over the years, like you, you, you get a array of different containers that come through with people bringing their samples in, but um, people are really shocked when they bring in a, a, a um, like a Coke bottle or a lemonade bottle or something like that, and you go, "I'm sorry, this, I'm, this is, this test's not going to work," and they go, "But what? I've rinsed it out." And all you have to do is take the lid off, lid off the bottle and squeeze it and you can get you can smell the carbon dioxide still in the bottle like it eats into the plastic. Yeah. And I'll, I often will say to them, I'll test it, but the only thing that will be affected by it is typically the pH, if they've, if they've rinsed it well, that is, of course. And um, But, yeah, it's, it's amazing that people just aren't aware of that CO2 gas and, and that it's actually used to remove pH in commercial pool, or not remove, but control the pH level in, in, yeah. Um, yeah, in, in aquatic facilities. I only have one here that has CO2 gas on it and um, it's fantastic. Oh, I think it's a, it's a great thing. If I could have that over liquid acid any day, I would. I won't work with it because no. under uh, Oak Health and Safety, you need to wear a respirator and that means I'd need to lose the beard and that is not a sacrifice <laughs> I'm willing to make. <laughs> oh, God, I hope, I, hope you don't get, I hope you don't get sleep apnea, Peter. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. My, my beard identifies as a face mask. Um, but contamination from sample containers, that is a very real thing. One thing I tell all of my staff, and I had someone work for me. She'd been a technician for 16 years, run her own company and so forth, and I kept telling her, uh, she once said, oh, I'll use this bucket, pulled out a trichlor bucket or something, some chlorine bucket. She said, oh, I'll put some cyanuride into this. I said, no, never use, refill a chemical container. After she left, I was going through the chemicals in her van and there was a, a, a drum of um, a big bucket of uh, where she'd written buffer on it with a, a marker pen and thought, okay, I'll give it a try. 
I gave it a test in a, uh, a test tank I've got just to make sure it was as labelled, make sure the effect was on alkalinity and not something weird. And as I started putting a bucket to dissolve, this started fizzing and I could smell chlorine coming off it. She'd put buffer into a CalHypo container, what was previously a CalHypo container. Mm. Now, if I'd have done that in any sort of quantity, yeah, we're talking uh, my test tank's actually a, um, you know those dolphin robot cleaner display tanks? The clear boxes, Um, yeah. Got one of those years ago, got given one. And, um, yes, it was just tiny, tiny point uh, parts of it. But if I'd have stuck, you know, two kilos, four kilos in a bucket and bucket of water and it had have gone whoosh, that could have been very, very dangerous. Yeah. So that's why that's always stressed so much. Never <clears throat> reuse a chemical container, and even for understand- the same type of chemical. I can't understand why people do that. Like I'll refill. If I've got a buffer bucket, I'll put buffer back in it. Like I don't have a problem with that. Exactly. Yeah. But I would never, I, I would never put buffer in a in a cal hypo bucket or on cal hypo bucket as clean as it might be, because of the labelling issues and the the cross contamination and whatnot. But those buckets are dirt cheap. Like if you ask your supplier for them, they will actually give you unused ones, unlabeled if you want them. Um, to, to utilize, utilize in field if you need to. But um, you can buy them dirt cheap at a, at a Bunnings or a Mitre 10. They're not expensive. And it, you just don't want to risk stuff like that. It's OH&S, work health and safety. You want to do the right thing. Yeah. Uh, my buckets that I use for bulk chemicals where I buy the 20, 25 kilo bags, um, they're the Bunnings ones, the um, 20 litre buckets. And I've got some of those I've had for five years and they're still fine. So it's not like it's, you know, it adds $100 a month to your, your operating costs. Got no, it. it was, you know, what, 10 bucks a bucket. Much five years ago. Much cheaper than spend this. <laughs> <Much> yes. <cheaper laughs> than this. Yeah. 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 Well, OH&S and work health and safety is such a huge topic. It is certainly not another one for today. <laughs> no. I have to go back to jobs. Shane has to open another beer, and Lee has to... I don't know what. Keep writing um, learning programs. Ah, <laughs> oh, that'll be fun too. Yep. What a quality here I'll, I come. Um, I'll stick to going to scoop this rat out of a pool that a customer told me about. Oh, lovely. Hopefully it's not hairless by the time you get there. <laughs> hairless, I don't mind. Live or worse. <laughs> They bite the little bastards. Anyway, at that on that note, we will leave you to it. Everyone, thank you for listening in. Uh, please send your questions, queries, suggested topics to talkingpools at gmail.com, where Rudy will get them and assign them to the most appropriate post for the topic. In the meantime, enjoy Hell Week. Don't be too busy. Have fun out there. Stay safe. Don't mix your blood Bye, chemicals. guys. <laughs> Thanks, Peter. Thanks, Shane. See ya. Thanks, guys. Thank Ciao. you. See you later.
I just wanted to take a minute to say thank you for listening today. I'm hoping you enjoyed the episode as much as we enjoyed putting it together for you. Listen, it's been a couple of wacky, crazy, screwed up years from pandemic to Poolmageddon. I just want you to know that we are all in this together. If there's anything that we can do for you, send me an email at talkingpools at gmail.com. Again, that's talkingpools at gmail.com. We're here. This is your podcast. We are the Pool People's Podcast of the Pool People for the Pool People by the Pool People's Podcast. This one is about you. So thank you for tuning in and listening. Do me a favor. Click subscribe before you go. That way you don't miss an episode. 